I am excited. We're going to actually teach this morning. We're going to teach. We've been talking about the gift of the Spirit lately, the gifts of the Spirit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, and then the prophetic gift. And so this morning, we thought we'd continue in that vein. And so if you're a note taker, take notes. We want to get into the Word and see what God has for us today. Specifically today, we're going to target the Word of Knowledge from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Um, but we'll briefly recap all of the gifts of the Spirit. In fact, let's just go ahead and jump right in. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. I do not, uh, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters at Uncommon Church, I do not want you to be un informed. Other translations say, I do not want you to be ignorant about the gifts of the Spirit. Jump down to verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what purpose, church? The common good. I'm so glad that you guys are reading along and very engaged with this message 30 seconds in. This is going to be great. The gifts of the Spirit are for the common good. And to one, there is through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous power. To another, prophecy. We talked about that two weeks ago. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. Did you guys notice, and, and then the final one is the interpretation of tongues. Did you notice that he kept saying the same Spirit, the one Spirit, the same Spirit, the same Spirit? The reason is, the Greek culture in Corinth at the time was polytheistic. So they worshipped the Greek uh, mythological gods. They had many, many, many gods. And they, the, what, what Paul was trying to do was focus them in on the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the Jewish God, not many gods, and that these gifts were not coming from many spirits. They were all coming from one God. And um, the purpose of them was to develop the body, uh, the common good is how he referred to it. And I just want to recap from two weeks ago and three weeks ago, the gifts of the Spirit are not rewards for good behavior. The gifts of the Spirit are not achievements we get for maturity. We've been saved for so many years, so we get another one of the gifts of the Spirit. No, the gifts of the Spirit are available to any believer the moment they become believers for the common good and to advance the kingdom of God to benefit and encourage all. So that was a listing of all the gifts of the Spirit, which is nine of them. And there are different ways to categorize them, but I just want to break it down into three sections for you today. And um, the first three is what's called the inspiration gifts. These are gifts that say something. So we have the gift of prophecy, the gift of different kinds of tongues, and the gift of interpretation of tongues. These are the inspiration gifts. And then we have, secondly, the power gifts, which is the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. And then thirdly are the revelation gifts. These are gifts that reveal something. And here's where we're going to spend most of our time today. And that's word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirit. So like Brad mentioned, today we're going to talk about the gift of the word of knowledge. And the gift of knowledge is, and here's your definition, it is information you got by the spirit that is currently true. It's not a revelation of something that is to come, but it's something that is currently true. Potentially, the person that you're talking to already knows about it, like this is the name of your aunt or uncle. I, I feel God saying, you know, your mom's name is this and this is your phone number, or just revelation of something that is currently true, as opposed to the gift of prophecy, 
which is telling something that's going to happen in the future. It has not yet happened. It's not happening now. It's about to happen. And there are two foundational things that I just want to mention as we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and specifically when it comes to these revelation gifts. Um, there are two things that we have to make sure. And the first one is that you are in right relationship with God, that you love God. If you're not in right relationship with God, you're not going to be able to hear the heart of the Father. So you have to develop that intimacy with God, walk in a love relationship with the Lord. Obviously, if you're not his sheep, you're not going to hear the, word, uh, the words of the shepherd, right? But then the second one is, and I think that one's pretty foundational, like we can all agree on that. And then the second one is that sometimes we gloss over, is that you have to walk in love and in right relationship with his people. You have to love people. Because otherwise, you're not going to be able to interpret the heart of the Father to share it. It's one thing to hear the heart of the Father, but sometimes we go awry when we try to interpret it, when we have our own, like we're walking in unforgiveness, we're walking in anger. So if we're not in right relationship, if we don't love people, we can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit to the fullest of its ability. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think we've all heard it, verse 2, it says, if I had the gift of prophecy, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, which is the gift of knowledge, the gift of knowledge is just God giving us a little bit of the knowledge that he has. And I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others. I would be nothing. Without love, without right relationship with God and people, these gifts are not able to operate. So as we learn about this gift, make sure that you are walking in love towards God and people, that you have right relationship. Because if we're not walking in good relationships, that's poison to the prophetic and to gifts of uh, the words of knowledge. So the revelatory gifts require love. So good. Loving God and loving people well. Those are the keys to unlocking these gifts of the Holy Spirit. And as you guys noticed, that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where he lists these nine gifts of the Spirit. But we all know that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is the love chapter. But then he jumps right into 1 Corinthians chapter 14 where he specifically goes after prophecy, uh, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So it's interesting that he put love right in the middle of these gifts of the Spirit and learning how to use all of the gifts of the Spirit. Um, let's recap, and this is kind of a recap of two weeks ago and even three weeks ago, uh, just briefly, some of the purposes of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we've already heard in verse 7 that it's for the common good. We all get better when we use the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody gets better. So when the tide comes in, all of the boats in the harbor come up. When, when one of us, when two of us, when a hundred of us start using the gifts of the Spirit, the, the Bible says we all get better. So number one is to build up the body of Christ. And you're going to see that in 1 Corinthians 4 and 12. The second would be to encourage one another. We see that in 1 Corinthians um, 14, 3, and then again in 31. The third thing would be to comfort one another, especially the word of prophecy. We heard that from 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3. The fourth thing, using the gifts of the Spirit, we go and praise God. 1 Corinthians 14, 16. Um, that, the word that's used there in verse 16 is to, to bless, to give thanks, to give praise to God um, is our response when people use the gifts of the Spirit. The fifth thing, it builds us up. When we use the gifts of the Spirit, it builds up our inner man. We see that in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, and then again in Jude 1, 20 talks about praying in the gift of the Holy Spirit and strengthening your inner man. The last one, the sixth thing, and I want to talk about this here and give you an example from Scripture, is to win people to Christ. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 23, 4, and 5, that we use the gifts of the Spirit to win people 
people to Christ. All of them are tools in our hands to harvest souls for the Lord. Um, and the example that I want to give you is Jesus used the word of knowledge. We're talking about the word of knowledge today. Do you remember the Samaritan woman at the well? And uh, he was sharing the gospel with this woman. She was not a believer. In fact, she's arguing with Jesus. Her heart was not open to receive the message about Jesus. And in John chapter four, in verse 16, he says, all right, lady, go get your husband. And she's like, uh, yeah, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. In fact, you've had five husbands, and the guy you're hanging with now, you're not even married to. Her response in verse 19, uh, sir, you must be a prophet. See, she stops arguing with him. It was the word of knowledge that was the hook, to, it was the key to unlock her heart. God wants us to use the gifts of the Spirit, and specifically the example here is words of knowledge to get to people's hearts. And that's what opened her heart to receive Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah, and another example from the ministry of Jesus is Nathaniel and Philip. If you guys are not familiar, this is at the beginning of Jesus' ministry and he was calling his disciples, right? So he was walking around and he saw particular people and he called them to follow him. And he called this guy named Philip. Philip met Jesus and Jesus said, follow me. He believed that Jesus was the Messiah, became a disciple, and he ran to tell his friend, Nathaniel. He was so excited, so he runs home. He's like, Nathaniel, he found him sitting under a fig tree, and he said, you're never going to guess. I have found the Messiah, the one that we've been believing for, the one that we've been waiting for. I found him. His name is Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Come and meet him with me. And Nathaniel was not impressed. All he said was like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? I just don't think so. And um, Philip was like, well, why don't you come with me and you see for yourself? So we're going to pick up the story in John chapter 1, verse 47. So they were walking towards Jesus. It says, as they approached, Jesus said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. He was talking to Nathaniel. And Nathanael said, how do you know about me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Now, if you were Nathanael and you did not think that Jesus was the Messiah, wouldn't that change your mind? You know, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. When God speaks a word of knowledge to you, it makes you realize that, wow, I know this to be true. This must be the Lord speaking to me. So for Nathaniel, he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And what that did is it opened up his heart for Jesus to speak to him again. He said, do you believe this just because I told you I've seen you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said, I tell you the truth. You will see all of heaven open, the angels of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. It was that word of knowledge that birthed faith in Nathaniel. In Nathaniel. It led him to follow Jesus. And it also opened up his heart to believe the prophetic word that Jesus spoke. That second part of it had not happened yet. He said, you're gonna see this and this happen. I don't think Nathaniel would have believed that if he had not first been given a word of knowledge. That word of knowledge established credibility. It made his heart realize that this man is speaking on behalf of God. It made him feel like God sees me. He saw me under that tree. So whatever came next was the prophetic word, right? And a lot of times, 
Brad was talking about how it's used as a tool for the harvest, but it's also used in bodies of, like in the body of believers, inside the church. And a word of knowledge will come and you'll realize, God sees me. He sees my situation. It raises the faith level in the room. And then when the prophetic word is spoken, you realize that that's true too. And you can grab a hold of it. So the word of knowledge is also used to establish credibility and open up our heart to have faith for what God is trying to speak to us. That's my go. Yes, says Brad. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm done. Go. We even like practice this. I don't know why this is hard. I just wanted to see you get cheeky. That was funny. So. Okay. Well, there you go. So, as we were writing this message this week, um, I, I was studying on the gifts of the spirit and on the word of knowledge, and I tripped across a video from um, a guy named Sean Bowles who has a, a very strong gift of the word of knowledge. Yeah. It's like he's really unpacked it. So um, he was traveling with Bill Johnson at a conference in Australia a few years ago. And um, um, Sean likes to, at, back at the hotel, before going to the church, like really pray and ask the Lord. And then he'll write down in his iPad if he gets any um, names or uh, words of knowledge or maybe um, somebody's address or even a phone number, right? And he'll write all that down in his iPad and he's getting up to preach and um, it's the first session and, you know, his hero, Bill Johnson's on the front row. There's a thousand people in the room and he's like, hey, before I get into the word tonight, I, I just had some words that I wanted to give and then um, and, and prophesy and encourage you. Um, I, I can't remember the name. Um, is, is there a Bill and Susan in the room and you just had a baby grandson? I remember the kid's name was Grayson. And they were like, in a room of a thousand people, like crickets, like nobody raised their hand. And he's like, cool, cool, cool. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Okay. Um, and he had other things that he wrote down, but he's like, forget it. Like, I am clearly not tuned into Bill the Johnson's spirit. Bill Johnson's on the front row. Like His humiliation hero, right? sets in. So he's like, all right, we'll open your Bible too, whatever. And he gets into the word, right? So, uh, you know, fast forward a year later, he was speaking at another church. I want to say it was in Phoenix, if I remember the story. And he's at the hotel and he's asked the Lord, is there any, you know, words of knowledge you want me to give before I get into the message? And he's like, yeah, break out the words of knowledge that I gave you in Australia last year. And he's like, no, fam, like that didn't work. Like I looked like an idiot in front of my hero, in front of a thousand people. Like, <sighs> so he gets to the church and the Lord's like, just trust me. So he's like, so he gets up. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Before we get into the word tonight, I just wanted to see, um, is, is there a Bill and a Susan here? And you've recently had a baby grandson named Grayson. And like on the second row, this couple is like, oh my gosh, that's us. And he gave this very strong prophetic word and they wrote it down. It was all for their son, for, for their grandson, Grayson. Here's a fun fact. A year before when they were in Australia, Grayson hadn't even been conceived yet. But God was speaking over that child. And here's another fun fact. The whole thing made Jesus famous, not Sean famous. Because Sean looked like an idiot in front of people. Sean looked like an idiot in front of his hero. But it wasn't to make Sean famous. It's to make Jesus famous in the hearts of those people in Phoenix. And that God would give that opportunity to speak that, that destiny over their grandson. So sometimes, it's, see, we, we want to be right. We want to make sure that people know that we are mature Christians and know how to use the gifts of the Spirit. Well, do you want to make you famous or Jesus famous? Yeah. Come on, somebody. So good. And then we wanted to give an example from right here in our own church and um, because God is speaking all the time. We just have to tune in and listen, right? So we have a short testimony video. If you guys can go ahead and play that. This is Crystal from Uncommon Church. Hello, my name is Crystal Kerchival and... 
this is my testimony about a couple of weeks ago uh, I was attending Uncommon Church and I've been battling with an issue of my stomach for about three years now um, it's been before that when I had my c-sections but three years has been really bad so um, Pastor Josie, she began to uh, pray and was like, okay, I know that God is telling me that there's someone here that's having a stomach uh, issue with their stomach. And I raised my hand and she began to pray and she said that God says that even though you're going through this right now, even though you're going through this right now, it doesn't mean that you have to continue to go through it. He wants to heal you right now. It doesn't have to be tomorrow. It can be right now. And I raised my hands and I just began to cry because I've been searching and needing this. And she said that you've been wanting this for a long time. And it's now. Now is your time. God is saying now is your time. And I, I believed it and I received it. And ever since then i can tell you that i've had no issues with my stomach i've been going to the bathroom regularly and the joy of the lord is on me because of the words that she said that i don't have to wait and god is patient he's been waiting for me to have that mustard seed of faith to say okay lord i'm ready so i'm just grateful to tell my testimony to share that god is real god does work and he is moving, not just in my life, but in my body. Come on, somebody. Yeah, God. Yeah, Crystal. Yeah, God. So it was the word of knowledge that, that, that unlocked the faith in Crystal's heart to reach out and grab a hold of that healing. Um, and she's still, you know, walking in that healing in her gut. So, so man, we give God praise. So I wanted to give you... Um, some tips, if you will, on the gifts of the Spirit and specifically the word of knowledge. Number one would be, you know, pray and ask for the gifts of the Spirit. We, we said two weeks ago to pray and ask for the gift of prophecy. Um, if you remember from 1 Corinthians 14, the Apostle Paul said, I want all of you to pray in tongues, but more than anything, I want you all to prophesy. Yeah. So the first step would be to, to pray. And then I wanna give you, I think it was five or, or six quick um, ways that, that people can operate in the word of knowledge. Number one, um, when you're praying for somebody else, you might hear it. Like, what, you, you know, you've got your hand on their shoulder and you're praying and over them and you'll hear in your heart, you'll hear in your mind's eye a, a word. I mean, it, it might be audibly, but it's usually inaudibly and, and or either you'll hear it or maybe even you'll see it. You know, like in, the, in your mind, you'll see it like written on a whiteboard or, you know, written across your mind's eye. And I remind you, it's the word of knowledge, not the paragraph of knowledge. Like it's it's often just a thought or, or, or even a picture in your mind's eye. Um, so the, the first way that we use the word of knowledge is um, to hear it. The second way would be to feel it. That, that, that you'll, you'll feel something. You'll, you'll feel an emotion of empathy. You'll feel sometimes a pain. Um, it, like, you know, if, you're, if your elbow is perfectly fine and suddenly your elbow hurts, you're gonna be looking around. Whose elbow can I pray for? And this literally happened to um, uh, David and uh, Julia Garcia. Uh, Julia's sister, Brittany, uh, she was a Bible school student out at Bethel in Redding, California. And they were teaching the Bible school students that, hey, before you go to the mall, before you go to the grocery store, pray and ask God if there's somebody that you should be on the lookout for. Um, maybe somebody you should pray for. So Britt had to go to the mall. Um, and I guess back then people used to go to the malls. That's how long ago this story is. And um, 
she prayed, Lord, is there anybody you want me to pray for at the mall today? And all of a sudden, her like right knee was in agony. She's like, okay, okay, because her knee is fine. She's like, okay, I'm gonna look for somebody to pray for their right knee, and the pain went away in her knee. She goes to the mall, she's in the food court, and she sits down, she's eating her, you know, whatever you eat. What do you eat, teriyaki chicken when you're at the food court because they're giving it out for free? Um, and it's laced with sugar and heroin or something that makes you buy it. And it's so addictive, golly. And she's sitting there, and there's a woman that, that sits down next to her. Now, in defense of the story, the woman was wearing a, 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 wrist, a, a knee brace on the outside of her jeans or whatever. So she saw that, and she's like, ma'am, pain in your right knee. She's like, yeah. She's like, can I pray for you? She's like, sure. And she prayed for her, and her knee was healed, and that was an opportunity that Brittany could lead that girl to the Lord. Man, I just love when we uh, take that step of faith and, 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 and she didn't hear it, she felt it in her knee, and that was what triggered her to be looking for somebody um, and, and prayed for her. So sometimes a word of knowledge isn't actually a word, it's something that's, that's felt. And, um, and, and that notice that it wasn't just the word of knowledge, that Brittany also operated in the gift of faith, that, yeah. that, and, then, and then the gift of healing. Yeah. To, so sometimes the one gift of the Spirit will trigger another gift of the Spirit, all to make Jesus famous. So good. And so you need to practice and see how God speaks to you. So like Brad mentioned, some people hear it, some people feel it, some people see it. You'll see a picture pop into your mind. This is a lot of times how God speaks to me. And immediately when I see the picture, I know what it means. It doesn't need, it's not vague or I need to find the interpretation. I just see it over somebody or I'll close my eyes and worship and I see what God wants to do. A picture, you might see it. And then the, the fourth one is speak it. I've never had this happen to me, but I hear that it does. So it's kind of like speaking in tongues where God will literally speak through you and it bypasses your mind. You're praying over somebody and he'll speak a word of knowledge and you're not even like really thinking about it or registering it. You're just become a vessel that speaks out the literal words of God over somebody's life. I think that's so powerful. For me is the fifth one. I often just know it. Like, I don't see it in my mind's eye. I don't feel it. I don't hear it. I, I just know that I know that I know. And it's, I, I know that, that something is true when, when I get a word of knowledge for people. So last Wednesday, we had a powerful time of prayer and we prayed for many, many, many people. And I got to one person and I, I just knew that I knew that I knew that they hadn't read their Bible lately. And it was just a quick word of knowledge. So I, I said, you haven't read your Bible lately. And this person looked at me with like big wide eyes, like, how did you know that? Pastor's said, watching me. The pastor's <laughs> watching me read my Bible. I said, listen, the Lord spoke that to my heart because he's, he's, he's wooing you back to reading your word every day. And they were like, okay, okay, okay. So, um, so for me, sometimes I'll just know something. But here's the deal. When we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, our job is never, ever, ever, never, ever to dishonor or embarrass or shame somebody. You see what I'm saying? I didn't say that because I'm like, you're not reading your Bible. No, it was like, hey, the Lord wants to speak to you through his word, and he showed me that you're not reading your Bible. You need to be reading your Bible. So it's not to shame people. It's to encourage people and to build them up. And furthermore, think of it like this. The gifts of the Spirit are, are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I gave you this example last month when we were talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that if I were about to walk into the grocery store and a beautiful dove came and landed on my shoulder and I wanted to take this gross wild bird into the store, because that's a thing that people do, I didn't want it to fly away as I'm walking around the grocery store. I would walk very slowly. 
I would walk very carefully, and I would constantly be looking and focusing on the dove to make sure it stays there. When we're using the gifts of the Spirit, our focus is on the Holy Spirit. Our focus is on God, and we don't want to say things or do things to make the Holy Spirit take off. We want to we want to use those moments of intimacy with the Lord as He is ministering to other people. It's not to make us famous; it's to make Jesus famous, and it's, the whole thing is about love. It's to demonstrate God's love for people. Another thing I want to mention too is that less is more. Like when God shows you something, don't start adding to it what you think it might mean. Like God might give you one sentence, you know. He's saying yes to the thing you asked. And then you start making up. It might have been something you asked about a new job. Or it might have been about a spouse. No, no, no. Just say what God said. Or if I get a picture, you know, I, I see you walking out the door. And if I know it's their house, then I'm like, it's of your house. But then I don't want to add to that. Like, I think you're going to a new house. You know, don't add your own thing to it. Because the person that God is speaking that word of knowledge to, they know exactly what it means. And it might speak to something completely different that you hadn't thought of. So less is more. Just let God speak to you. And then um, another thing I want to say, too, is that it's okay to blow it. You know, when we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, it's a process, and we're not perfect. Nobody is 100% accurate other than Jesus. And sometimes we have such grace when it comes to other gifts of the Spirit, but when it comes to the prophetic gifts or the words of knowledge, we just like all of a sudden think, well, I got that one wrong, so I can't ever give another word. Or they got that one wrong, so they're not a true prophet, you know. But if we pray for healing, let's say we have 10 people up here. I go down, I lay my hands on them, and four of them got healed, and six didn't. We would be so excited because one broken knee was healed, one person received their sight, one person was healed from the flu. Like, we would be celebrating if it was four for six. But if we gave 10 prophetic words and four were accurate and six were not, we're like, well, that wasn't very good. You know what I mean? So just keep trying because the more people you give words of knowledge to, and I always preface it with, here's what I'm feeling for you. And you know, it, you need to, what does the word say about evaluate? You need to judge the words that you receive. Because somebody says it to you does not 100% mean that it's accurate, especially here within our church as we're starting to um, really activate you guys to walk in these gifts. Use discernment when people speak over you. If somebody says, you know, I feel like God's showing me that you need to move to Austin and he's going to open a door for you there and stuff, take that to the Lord in prayer. Don't just go list your house and say, this is, you know, I'm moving next week because so-and-so came up after church and gave me a word. So you need to be the one to bring those things to the Lord. Does it bear witness with your spirit? But when you're operating in it, keep trying and know that every word that you give that's accurate is really speaking from God to people and can change people's lives forever. So do you have eight tips that would help us to use the word of knowledge? I do. We have eight tips on how we can help activate and help you move in the gifts of, this, uh, of the word of knowledge. So the first one is don't expect the audible voice of God. Sometimes I've talked to people and they're like, well, I never hear God. And then I, we really get into it and it's like, well, they're expecting to hear him like in their ear. Most of the time, it's more like an impression or a fleeting image or just a still small whisper in your heart. So start paying attention to those fleeting impressions that he's given you and don't expect an audible voice, okay? Uh, number two would be live in constant communication with the Lord. We're supposed to pray without ceasing. So in my truck, I've always got it tuned to either sports radio or news radio. So if I jump in the truck and it's like quiet, 
it's like, what is wrong? Like, has, like something is wrong if I'm not hearing anything tuned in. That's the way our spirit needs to be to the Lord. We're always tuned in to the Lord. Here's the problem. Too often, we have a secular version of ourselves that we do at work and school, and then we have like a, a, a Jesus version of ourselves that we only use at church. When we are, we, when we become Christians, there's no longer a secular version of you. There's no version of you that thinks that a dirty joke is funny. There's no version of you that's gonna lie or cheat or steal or cuss or you know, get angry at work. There's only the Jesus kingdom version of you, 24-7, 365, so you need to always be tuned in to what the Spirit is saying. The next thing is be willing to take a risk. Like lower the threshold of how loud you feel like that voice has to be in your heart before you actually speak it out. Be willing to take that step of faith because the gifts can't operate without faith anyway. This is, you know, faith, this is a faith thing. You're never gonna know 100% for sure or very rarely will you know 100% for sure. So you have to just be okay with taking that chance, taking that risk. Uh, number four would be keep your mind from unbelief. It's a gift of the spirit, not a gift of your intellect. So oftentimes, it's our own unbelief in a thought or a word or a picture that we had that will cripple the work of the Holy Spirit because we're killing it before it ever gets spoken to encourage other people. So keep your you know, mind, your, your thoughts that are full of fear and unbelief out of it. Another thing, if you want God to speak to you and use you in the gifts of knowledge or the gifts of the words of knowledge, here's what I would say is raise your expectation of him speaking to you. If you're expecting him to speak to you, you'll be paying attention. And when you're paying attention, you will hear him because he is always speaking, right? But if we're not really paying attention, we're not gonna hear it. So if you're like, I know God's gonna speak to me, you'll be listening, which means you'll hear him. So raise your expectation. Don't assume that you know what God is about to say. Because oftentimes we will limit what we think God could do. So we will put limitations on the word of knowledge because we will limit what we think God could say to somebody's life. Um, I remind you that the Lord spoke over Abraham and Sarah that they were gonna have babies at 100 years old. I mean, in Sarah, the baby-making factory had been shut down for years and years and years. But the word of the Lord was that this old woman was gonna have babies. Don't let your box, your limitations of what God could do, keep back you know, some encouraging word for somebody. Number seven is use it or lose it. You have to practice. That's how you get better. And um, it's like when you unwrap a new gift and you have to learn how to operate in it, you're gonna have to continually work on this thing. For me, it reminds me of, um, I took French in high school and I had three years of French and I felt like I was pretty good. I lived in Sweden at the time. France was not far from there. And I thought, well, in a few months, I'm gonna go to France and I'm gonna be so good at this. I'm gonna be able to get around, you know, whatever. Well. As it happened, it took me, I think we counted like over 10 years till I actually got to France, but then one day, Brad and I went to Paris, and it was wonderful, but I had not thought about French, studied French, or spoken in French in 10 years, and all that I knew, I had forgotten. I was of no use whatsoever. Brad was like, well, can you order for us? You know, you took French, and I was like, I don't remember anything other than bonjour. That was it. There was nothing left. So here's the thing. If you start operating and God start giving you this gift, and you feel like, wow, that was amazing. I prayed for somebody and I had this word of knowledge. Continue to use it, keep it fresh. And here's another thing too I wanna encourage you is if you did used to operate in the gifts 
of maybe this one or something else, whatever that might be, whatever gift of the Spirit that you're like, well, 10 years ago, I really was using this gift. It's okay to pick it back up and brush it off. Just because you didn't use it in 10 years doesn't mean that you can't learn to now. Like, if I had been smart, I should have picked up Duolingo or whatever and practiced a little bit before we came to France, but I didn't. It would have been very helpful. But the thing is, um, there's a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter one and verse six, and it says this, I'm writing to encourage you to fan into flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you. So here's the thing, it wouldn't have said rekindle if it hadn't gone out. So if you're somebody that you used to operate in the gifts of the spirit and you're like, well, that flame has gone out, this is your challenge to just fan that flame. Let today raise your level of expectation, rekindle that flame, and start once again to operate in the gift that God has given you. The final tip for using the word of knowledge or the word of prophecy, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, just talk like a normal person. Like, don't talk like a King James theologian. Like, don't talk like Cary Grant, you know, and have some sort of, like, transatlantic accent all of a sudden. Like, it's just God speaking through you, and he likes the way you talk. So, did you notice, I mean, there's many different authors in the Bible, and different books of the Bible don't all sound exactly the same. They take on the tone of the author. So, it's okay if it kind of sounds like you. So, just kind of a, a final recap with any of these gifts of the Spirit is, Really, you just need to pray and just ask for them. Um, and I remind you of Matthew chapter 7 and verse 9. Um, the, Jesus was saying, listen, you are good parents. And good parents give good gifts to your kid. Like if your child asks for bread, you're not going to give them a stone. But then look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. He says, We're, you guys are sinful people, and yet you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more? How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those that don't ask? Oh, it says to those that ask. So we have not spiritually because we ask not. So just ask for the words of knowledge. Ask for the gift of healing. See, all of these different gifts of the Spirit, it's like one little sliver of a much bigger pie, and oftentimes it's a breadcrumb that, that will awaken people's hunger for more of God. It's, it opens their heart to receive more from God. So the, the word of knowledge will show people, hey, God loves you. God sees you. God is interested in you. Yeah. Did that help you guys this morning to learn more about the word of knowledge? Good. Hop up on your feet. I want to pray for you. And um, I want you guys to use the gifts of the Spirit in your everyday life. Use them in your home. You Teach your kids to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Teach your um, children to, to pray over one another. You, mom and dad, should be praying and giving words of knowledge and words of prophecy and, 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 and praying by faith over your kids. And that's how we develop these homes where it's like, wow, how did they raise such amazing godly kids? It's because they taught them how to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Spirit, and they taught them how to develop the fruit of the Spirit in their life. And they taught them that children can raise the dead. Can I get an amen? So the, if you notice, the whole thing was predicated on having this connection with God. And I talked about two weeks ago that we, uh, Jesus says, he is the vine, we're the branches. And everything in life comes from being connected to the vine. Our, our, our faith, our life, our, the, the, the healings that we receive, the faith that comes, uh, having our sins washed away, all of that comes from having this connection to the vine. And oftentimes, it's religion 
that disconnects us from the vine. There's a great story from a guy named John Wimber. He's in heaven now, but he got radically saved in the 60s. And when he got saved, he was in his 20s and um, he was actually a rock and roll musician uh, out in California. And it got radically saved, him and his little young wife, and they started reading the Bible. And they got to these places in the Bible that would talk about the gifts of the Spirit and the gifts of faith and the gifts of healing and the gifts of miracle, the gifts of tongues and the gifts of the word of knowledge. So they began to exercise and pray over one another and they and in their little community because they were hippies in the 60s they saw healings and they saw miracles and they gave words of prophecy and they gave words of knowledge and it was like this amazing move of God and then he got a few years older and he's like listen I think I want to be a leader I want to be a, a pastor I want to teach this stuff so he went to seminary he went to Bible college and it was in Bible college where he found out that God doesn't use the gifts of the spirit anymore and he's like oh our bad because for like the last five or six years, we've been prophesying and we've been seeing healings and miracles and giving words of knowledge. I had no idea that God didn't do that anymore. But he didn't learn that until dead religion taught him it doesn't do like that anymore. So sometimes our response to the Lord is just to have like childlike faith. What did Jesus say? He said, we need to have faith like a child, like a little child, not like a jaded teenager that knows everything, you know, like a little child. <laughs> just that our hearts would be tender and soft and full of wide-eyed wonder that we get to learn more about God. So my question to you this morning is, are you really connected to the vine? Or has sin separated you? Has religion separated you? Has pain and hurt and abuse separated you? Has addiction separated you? What you saw this morning was all of these people, or four out of five of them, had come from Christian backgrounds, but had allowed pain or addiction or sin back into their life. But in the last few weeks and months, what God's been doing in our church, these people were like, no fam, I'm gonna recommit my life to the Lord. I'm not gonna walk away from God. I'm gonna press further into the Lord. I'm gonna grab a hold of the vine and really let God move in my life. And, and they left in that water, sin and fear and addiction and pain. What about you? Maybe you, you need to get baptized today. You can run right out and get baptized today. But first things first, let's examine our hearts. Let's just pray together. Close your eyes, bow your heads. Father in heaven, I thank you that you didn't leave us alone. I thank you that we're never alone because of the presence and gifts of your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you've given us these gifts to make you famous and to win more people to you and, and to see the name of the Lord Jesus lifted up big in our lives. And all of us have different lives. All of us have different circles of influence. So I pray that we would all learn to use and embrace the gifts of the Holy Spirit for a mighty harvest of souls in our world, in our families, in our friends, in our work, in our schools. Lord, all of it comes because we love you so much and we love people and we wanna see people come to faith. Let me just talk to you in a minute. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if you're here this morning and you'd be honest, you'd examine your heart and you're either not connected to the vine or you're barely connected to the vine. Today is your day to repent of your sin, to ask God to forgive you, to fan the flame in your heart, to renew your love for the Lord. If you're here this morning and you're not right with God, if you're watching online, and you're not right with God. If you've allowed sin, addiction, fear, pain, unforgiveness, 
to separate you from the love of God, to separate you from that vine. Today is absolutely your day to get right with God. And this might be the first time in your life or maybe the first time in a long time. You used to know the Lord, but you've allowed your heart to grow cold. You've, you've gotten further from God. Today is your day to get right with God. So I'd like to lead you in a prayer. Now, I can't pray it for you. I can lead you. It has to be your prayer. It has to come from your heart. But I would like to know who I'm praying for. So if you're here this morning and you need to get right with God again, again, it might be the first time. It might be the first time in a long time, but you need to get right with God. Would you shoot your hand up real high and just wave it at me and say, preacher, I need to get right with God today. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? I see your hand over there. Anybody else? I see your hand over there. Anybody else? Good. Come on. Wave it at me. Wave it at me. Oh, and right over there. I see it. Yeah, good, good, good. Ha-ha. Yay, God. Yay, God. All right. That's fun. I saw four people raise their hand. What about you at home right now? You thought you'd get off the hook because you're watching online? Four people this morning were raising their hand at me saying, I'm going to get right with God today. What about you? Right there in your apartment, in your living room, in your car. Just shoot your hand up before God. Say, I'm going to get... One person already got right with God online earlier today in the service. It's your moment to get right with God. So for you online and for those that are here in the room, I want to lead you in that prayer. Close your eyes if you believe it in your heart. Pray this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I repent and I surrender my life to you. Be the Lord of my life. Be the vine that I'm connected to. And I receive the gift of eternal life. I receive the gift of adoption into your family. There's no more secular version of me. There's only a kingdom of God version. So I'm asking Lord for the presence of your Holy Spirit, for the gifts of your Holy Spirit, including the gift of the word of knowledge to make you famous, to see a harvest of souls. Thank you, Lord, for your gifts and for your love for me. In Jesus' name, we say, church, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, for you four that raised your hand, man, I'm so proud of you. For you that are at home online, I'm so proud of you. If you're here in the room, what you can do is reach into the seat back in front of you and fill out that long, skinny, black Connect card. If, if, if you'd feel more comfortable, or maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer, text in the name Jesus, and this is for you online, text in the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. What that's gonna do is give you an auto-response form to fill out, please fill that form out. We want to screw in a light bulb for you on our Jesus wall. We want to begin to encourage you. We want to get you baptized in water. We want to see God begin to move mightily in your life.